Welcome to Britcham Cambodia and the UK Department for International Trade's podcast series, Doing Business in Cambodia. Hello and welcome to our listeners. It's time for another informative episode of our Doing Business in Cambodia podcast series. My name is Jane Wilding. I'm the Executive Director of Britcham Cambodia and I'll be your host for today's podcast. The topic for today's podcast is green mixed use developments in Cambodia. And joining me today is the country head of one of the top property consultancies, not only here in Cambodia, but also globally. A very warm welcome, Ross. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today. Before we delve into the topic in a bit of more detail, could you tell us a bit more about yourself? Um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. This is uh, officially my, my first podcast uh, about myself. So uh, originally from the UK where I was uh, born and bred. Uh, that's where I, I studied in, in real estate and also worked within the, the real estate industry. Uh, I qualified as a, a professional member of the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, which is a, a UK regulatory body uh, for real estate and is widely regarded as a, as a gold standard in the real estate industry globally and they now have a presence in over 120 countries so I've been very uh, lucky with that qualification to to be able to travel. Um, I ended up in in Southeast Asia where I've been based for the past 11 years Uh, initially in Malaysia where I was there for for three years and I've been based in Cambodia for the past eight years Um, which you know it's there's so much opportunity in in the real estate sector, which was one of the reasons why I first came here. But, uh, you know, having lived here for eight years, uh, it really is a great place to live in terms of the, the quality of life. Um, and, uh, you know, now being a partner in the local company, I will be here for the foreseeable future. So today we're here to talk about mixed use developments. For the benefit of our listeners, can you explain what they are? Uh, yes, well, you know, quite simply put, it's uh, it's either a, a single building or perhaps a wider development scheme across a number of different buildings, which is made up of different uses. So, you know, whether that's residential, commercial, office and retail space, uh, hotel and so on. Um, and it's really become a, a major trend since the, the 1990s in urban planning. Um, and what what we see you know, post-pandemic, this will come even more to the forefront because there'll be a lot more demand now for this type of mixed-use development um, because of what's happened with lockdowns and, and people uh, you know, having restrictions on, on movement. So wanting to have all of the, the amenities that cater to their everyday needs within, uh, within one development, one building, yeah. So as you've just mentioned, Ross, that the trend towards mixed-use development has been growing over the last... 20 to 30 years, and we're certainly seeing increases in Cambodia of mixed use development and sustainable construction. Specifically in Cambodia, how did it start or or where do you think it started from? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, So actually, where we are here, the the neighbouring building to this office block, uh, Vatanak Capital Tower was the first grade A uh, green rated mixed use development. So that completed in 2014. Um, and that, that project, it's, uh, you have a luxury five-star hotel in the top of the tower, you have grade A office space, uh, and you have a, a luxury retail podium. And that is, a, it's a LEED rated building. So LEED is the uh, American uh, certification within uh, green sustainable buildings. 
Following that, you had the adjacent building to that project, Exchange Square, which is also um, uh, you know, grade A office building with retail podium. And that is a BCA green mark rated building, which is the Singaporean certification, uh, which is probably more uh, appropriate or suitable for Cambodia because it's a tropical climate and comparable to Singapore, whereas LEED is the American certification and they have uh, you know, different requirements for um, green building construction. Um, and uh, you know, in terms of what's driving that, it, it, you know, initially it came from um, multinational companies and their corporate social responsibility and wanting to be located within within green buildings. Um, and you know, from the developer's perspective, so for them to develop a green building that enhances the the marketability of that building in terms of demand from these multinational companies, so they're able to sell or lease space within these buildings quicker and they're also able to uh, achieve you know higher premiums on the pricing because it is a green rated building um, there's also you know at a global level more pressure in terms of you know countries removing moving towards uh, carbon neutrality which uh, in Cambodia we've not really reached that level yet but uh, certainly over the longer term that will become more prominent in Cambodia um, and also um, ESG which is environmental social and governance which is now at the forefront of many investors um, you know institutional investors that are investing in real estate so they're looking at developments and buildings that incorporate all of these ESG components so that they've been some of the main drivers of you know increasing development of green buildings. So you just mentioned a couple of big projects in Cambodia the Vatanak Tower and Exchange Square which are um, fully finished how many other mixed-use projects do you know are going on here in Cambodia and do you think there'll be a massive amount of growth in that over the next say five years? Yes. Um, for Knight Frank, we, we monitor the, the real estate market here, obviously, as a, as a real estate consultancy. And it is difficult to keep track of all of the projects that are under construction in Cambodia. Um, but certainly we're talking, uh, you know, triple digits in the hundreds in terms of the mixed use projects that are going on across the country, which is predominantly in Phnom Penh, which is the capital city, and also the, the coastal province of Sihanoukville, which has seen massive development over the past three or four years. Uh, moving forward, as I, I touched upon uh, before in terms of mixed-use development, um, you know, that will become more prominent post-pandemic because of, you know, uh, restrictions on, on movement and future lockdowns and people not wanting to travel far to you know to do their daily shopping to get their groceries and so on so we believe that mixed-use development will become much more prominent over the next five to ten years superb and certainly i've, I've heard a lot of discussion about um mixed-use developments including schools as well yeah which is a, a big development certainly in cambodia yeah isn't it? yeah absolutely so are there any government incentives that would encourage sustainable development here in cambodia no, currently there are there are no incentives from the government. There's no overarching policy to encourage the development of green buildings, which uh, is one of the reasons why uh, you, there are more and more 
mixed-use green building developments in the pipeline under construction, but it's quite a small percentage of the overall development projects in Cambodia when you compare it in the region um, because you do not have these uh, government incentives to encourage this development of green buildings. So from a, a developer's perspective, because it's more expensive to develop green buildings compared with you know, buildings that don't have that green certification. So they don't have the motivation yet because they do not have these incentives offered by the government. And on the kind of, uh, you've talked about accreditation and green certification and so on, is there a regulatory framework in Cambodia that, or an accreditation scheme specific to Cambodia? Not yet, but it's it's certainly in the workings. Um, uh, the government has been engaging with the private sector, so there's much more dialogue between uh, public and private sectors in terms of um, drafting uh, guidelines for green buildings and potentially even actually having a, a, a certification, a Cambodian green building certification. But at the moment, it's really in the, the very early stages. Um, there was recently the... the um, Cambodian Council for Green Buildings, which is a, a private sector initiative um, where they want uh, to, in terms of uh, equality and people having access to sustainable development um, across uh, you know, all the different demographics in Cambodia, um, but it's not supported by government policy or legislation at the moment. So it's still very early stages of development, um, but you know, without doubt, over the next year or so, we will have some some draft paper that will be released by the government. Um, from the government perspective, I I understand that funding is a is always a, a, an issue at the moment within Cambodia, and they really want that to be supported by the private sector. So this is where I see a potential opportunity in terms of um, you know UK companies that already have that expertise and uh, you know knowledge transfer, knowledge share. So for for these companies to be able to bring that expertise to Cambodia and and uh, you know work with uh, the government governmental level, working with um, key policy makers and um, yeah, lots, lots of opportunity in that area moving forward. So in Cambodia, specifically in the capital Phnom Penh, what are the benefits and drawbacks of developing more mixed use spaces? Um, there, there are many pros and cons of mixed use development, and it's uh, it's often a, a hot topic of debate. Uh, but certainly, in a, in a local market context, uh, really looking at town planning and how it impacts town planning, because what you have in Cambodia at the moment is a, a lot of urban sprawl, so it's sporadic development across the city. So there's no cohesive planning policy at the moment, which again is in the pipeline. They are looking at releasing a, a master plan for the whole of the city. But mixed use development, because you have the, the different uses within a, a building or a project that complement each other and again cater to the daily needs of, uh, of the, the occupiers and end users within that project, they, they don't need to travel outside uh, if everything is, you know, contained within that development. So you don't have uh, development surrounding projects which creates the urban sprawl. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, a benefit from this is that people uh, are less inclined to, to use cars or motorbikes to travel outside. So it also helps to reduce traffic congestion, which is becoming an increasingly uh, 
uh, noticeable problem in Phnom Penh. Uh, you know, is there's more development in the city center, and you're limited in terms of infrastructure, the historical infrastructure, and there's no public transportation and so on. So uh, that is another key benefit in terms of reducing traffic as well. Um, drawbacks really revolve around the conflict of the different uses. So more more to do with this, uh, a single building that has a number of different uses. So let's say a uh, quite common mix of uses within a building would be hotel, office or residential. So when you have that, that single building, how do these different users interact? How do the office users interact with the residents that live within the project, the hotel guests? Uh, so it can become quite messy. Uh, but this can become this can be mitigated by uh, you know proper planning and also having a, an estate management or property management plan in place that uh, helps to to separate the the different users within the building having different uh, entrance lobbies access points uh, so there's no uh, crossover between the different uses. Mm. So we've discussed Knight Frank and their strength is having that UK business credential. How would you encourage other UK businesses with a vested interest in mixed use development to look at this market? And what opportunities do you think would lie in the area for UK businesses? Yeah, I, you know, Knight Frank is a global real estate consultancy and we've been we've had a presence here in Cambodia since 2008. So we are very uh, familiar with the, the nuances of uh, operating a business in Cambodia. And of course, we would be more than happy to discuss with other uh, businesses that would be potentially interested in you know, looking at opportunities in the market. Uh, in terms of doing business in Cambodia, it's certainly much more um, investor friendly compared with neighboring markets and you know companies here can be 100% foreign owned it's quite easy to actually uh, get the the relevant permissions and incorporating a company in Cambodia um, and in terms of the the opportunities I, I touched upon it before uh, you know the 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 existing uh, expertise within UK that can be brought here and you know working with other stakeholders within the real estate industry and collaborating with the get the government uh, in terms of you know driving forward industry standards and um, yeah many many opportunities to to work at that government governmental level in terms of um, policy towards green buildings and how we can uh, leverage off that expertise from UK consultants. So Ross, you mentioned earlier on that most of your work at the moment is around consultancy and feasibility studies for investors looking at expanding into Cambodia or establishing themselves in Cambodia. Can we talk a bit more about that kind of work? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, going back to initially when I, you know, saying in the, in the UK that I qualified as a, a professional member of the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors. So that was in uh, valuation is my professional qualification. But since I've relocated to Asia, so initially in Malaysia, what I've really focused on is um, development consultancy and feasibility studies. So in Cambodia, that's been primarily for 
foreign investors as well as domestic um, developers and investors uh, they come to us and you know they may have a, a parcel of land and they would like us to undertake a feasibility study to to recommend you know what type of real estate components to develop on that parcel of land um, and then we also you know run the numbers in terms of financial projections um, as part of this what we've seen a growing trend of developers actually asking us whether we have connections with um, schools from the UK because they really see that as a, a synergistic component within a mixed-use project, uh, you know, in terms of being able to offer uh, education, but also as well as healthcare. So we know that there are several educational institutions that are looking to enter Cambodia from the UK. So one of them being uh, Shrewsbury International School, which is is actually going into a mixed-use project, which is a, a, a single building, and it's a, a mix of office, um, hospitality, and then also educational. Uh, and an increasing number of Cambodian developers are also asking us whether we have contacts with educational institutions in the UK that would be potentially interested in coming into the local market. Um, so there's certainly opportunity in what we call soft infrastructure, being healthcare and also education. So before we say goodbye, Ross, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, yes, just one thing from me. Um, so for those that haven't already visited Cambodia, even if you're not you know, looking at setting up business, uh, Cambodia was just voted the world's friendliest country. Uh, so if it's not on your list, add it once travel returns after COVID, please do come and visit the Kingdom of Wonder. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a great pleasure chatting to you. It sounds like there's some interesting times coming for Cambodia, just in terms of development, mixed use development, some of those green credentials is quite interesting in terms of um, what we might see in the next 12 to 24 months. I was also quite pleasantly surprised that you feel that there's a strong um, opportunity for businesses expanding into Cambodia or setting up in Cambodia, not just in property and development. We know about manufacturing, but also you've got the schools and healthcare, both of which are very strong sectors in the UK. So we would encourage anybody listening to this that's been interested in hearing what Ross and myself have been chatting about, want to get in touch, then please get in touch with me at info at britchamcambodia.org or you can use any of our social media channels. But it's been a great pleasure. Ross Weeble, country head of Knight Frank Cambodia. This has been Jane Wilding. I'm the executive director of Britcham here in Cambodia. And this has been the DIT and Britcham Cambodia's Doing Business in Cambodia podcast series. Thank you very much for having me. Please join us for the next Doing Business in Cambodia podcast, which will be available soon. For more information on Doing Business in Cambodia, please contact the British Chamber of Commerce Cambodia or the British Embassy Phnom Penh.